So Ryan Tov, we continue in the Das HaSviros, and we're on the ninth Svira of Yesod, which is bonding, which is foundation. It's the 16th essay. And I, I forgot to mention an important point right in the beginning that uh, it bears discussion in and of itself. And here is the issue when we talked about the positive aspect of the Mida of Yesod, of connecting to something higher as you're doing the mitzvah. So the Maral says the following idea. In his Hakdoma to the Sefer Tiferes Yisrael was the famous Gemara. And the Gemara says that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. One of the reasons why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because the Jews did not make a bracha on the Torah before they started studying Torah. So, Birchu al Hatayra We know there's a mitzvah to learn Torah. There's a mitzvah to make a bracha before you learn Torah. The Gemara says they did not make a bracha on the Torah. So, the obvious question is what do you mean? How could you say they didn't make a bracha on the Torah? They don't know. They're supposed to make a bracha. A kid in, in kindergarten, grade one, knows you make a bracha before you learn Torah. How could they not make a bracha on the Torah? So he says like this. He says, certainly the blessing with their lips they made, but the intention of the bracha they didn't have. What does that mean? What is the intention of the bracha? The intention of the bracha is to express your love and bonding to Hashem and to express your love in, in the fact that he gave us the Torah. And that's the idea of the bracha. And he says, not all loves are the same. Because remember, there could be the real love you want is with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your resources, every aspect of Hashem. That's the way love should be. But not everybody loves that way. There's some people who, you know, love much less. And they did not have complete love to Hashem over the fact that he gave us the Torah and considering how much of a, of a gift it was because it was mamish, a complete bracha and that should have been given with their whole heart. And therefore, that's what it means. They did not make a bracha tchila in the beginning. And now he says an interesting idea. He says, and this, Maral lived, I think, in the 1500s. This is a long time ago. And he says, you know, Talmidei Chacham and Torah scholars, they have to struggle with this issue a lot more than regular people. Because the point is to remember to love the giver of the Torah in addition to loving the Torah. Now, but, but he explains very nicely. He says, a Talmud scholar may love Torah. It's very intellectually stimulating. I love to learn. It's, it's my brain works hard. It's, it's very satisfying. And a person can really cherish the Torah, but because he's so in love with the Torah, he can forget the God who gave him the Torah. Because when a person is coming to learn Torah and he has a love of Torah, 
it's not necessarily a love to the one who gave it. Because there's an interesting idea. It's very hard to love two things at the same time. Because what does love really mean? Being completely bound up with something. If I love something so much, what what is that at the expense of? That can be expense of not loving other things. Maybe you love your spouse so much it eclipses the love you should have for your children. Maybe you love your children so much and it eclipses the love that you have for your spouse. Not to say that you hate your spouse, but you're so focused on loving the kids and doing everything with a kid, you kind of unintentionally are ignoring the other aspect of love that has to be. That's what it's, if you're stuck to one thing, how can you be stuck to another thing? You got a magnet, okay? And if you hook onto one thing, you have no more magnetic pull sometimes to hook onto the other thing. So therefore, there had a tremendous love of Torah that was for him, but the bracha was not with all their heart to Hashem by the fact that he gave us you chose us from all the people and you gave us the Torah. Okay, that's, you commanded us, there, there's really three brachas when you get up in the morning, right? You commanded us to engage in Torah. And we ask you to make the Torah sweet for us. Okay, that's amazing. And I love the Torah, I love Torah. That's the first bracha. You commanded me. You commanded me to learn Torah, to engage in Torah. You commanded me to love the Torah. But then we also make a bracha, Asher, Asher you chose us from all the people. And you gave us a true Torah. Now what does that mean? You chose us from all the people. It means you loved us. And that's what Pirkei Yavah says, Hashem loves us. And, he, and especially he loved us because he gave us the Torah. That was his gift of love. And therefore, we got so enamored with the, with the love of Torah, we, yeah, we said the bracha, but when I'm learning the Torah, was I feeling that love for Hashem as much as the Torah that I was loving? And that fits into this whole aspect of Yesod. This ninth sphere of Yesod means that we want to take everything that we have and bring it out that it's ready to bound with other people and to bind it all up with Hashem. my words. That everything we're doing right now is completely bound up with Hashem and we're sealing the deal with Hashem too. So every, one second. So every mitzvah I'm doing, I've got to be bound up with Hashem at the same time. So I could be learning Torah completely and forget about Hashem. Forget about Hashem. And that's what we said in last week's uh, Arab Shabbos Drush from the name of the uh, Slonim Rebbe. You have to be really careful that mitzvahs and averes are more defined of what is connecting to you to Hashem or not versus are you doing what Hashem tells you to do. And there it's possible to learn Torah all day long and not be bound up to Hashem. You forget about Hashem. It's not Hashem. 
It's the Torah. Yeah, but the Torah is the gift of Hashem. The, the, the Torah is God's love message to us. So aren't are we bonding with Hashem? And you say, well, how can I love two people two at the same time? Because if they're the same thing, then you can love them both. If you love God's mind, then you must love God too. And not to, and that's a lack of the meter of your soul. Yes, go ahead, Shlomo. So, so Rabbi, before giving Torah to Jews, uh, Hashem offered it to Esau and uh, yes, yes. children of Ishmael. So if they would have taken the Torah, then this would have changed everything? Then how would we... Okay, see? that's a very good question. So there's a lot of answers to it. Um, the simple answer is what Hashem offered the other nations was not the 613 mitzvahs. What he wanted to give them, remember, the, right now there were seven commandments that non-Jews were supposed to keep. But Hashem said, no, nah, I want you to keep it because I'm the master of the universe. He, didn't, he never intended on giving them all 613 mitzvahs. Before Hashem gave us the Torah at Sinai, there were, the mitzvahs were known already. The Jews were keeping them. The non-Jews weren't even keeping their seven Noahide laws. Hashem says the world's going to change now at Sinai. The world's going to change to the point that now I'm going to be connected to the Torah now. So now, the Goyim, he said, I'll give you your seven mitzvahs in a way that you'll be able to connect to me through those seven mitzvahs. And they said, we're not interested in that. But Hashem always only intended to give us all 630 mitzvahs to be a complete connection. But that's, but God really wanted the non-Jews to be a, a certain degree connected. But but now that they didn't accept it, so now the non-Jewish world, they have seven Ochai laws, but it's not meant to connect you to God. What? The seven mitzvahs were different than the seven No, those are the seven Ochai laws. They had seven Noachite laws. They, by and large, were not keeping them. So Hashem comes. If you notice, they ask, what does it say in your Torah? And what did God tell them? He only told them examples of the seven Noachite laws. He didn't tell them about Shabbos. He didn't tell them about honoring parents. He said, you shall not kill. You shall not be immoral. Right? So, we shall not steal. Why did he say those? Because those are part of the seven Noachite laws. He didn't offer them anything they didn't know already. So what was he offering them? He says, I'm offering you a chance not to just do it as a distant citizen, but as to be a child of God who can get seven mitzvahs of closeness. I'll come along with the mitzvahs. They said, we're not interested. We're not interested in you or even the mitzvahs. The Jews said, we want you and the 613 mitzvahs. That's all part of the story. Hashem comes along with the package. He's not a distinct entity. And that's what Yisod is all about. Yisod is saying when we're doing all the mitzvahs, we have to have primary understanding that not only as I want to give and help others, and I want them to feel there's a total connection between me and them, but I also want to know there's a total connection between me and Hashem when I'm doing all this. And Hashem is completely involved in this, and I'm, and, and I'm feeling your happiness as I'm doing this. And when you're learning Torah really well, you're supposed to feel Hashem is mamash in the room here. And Hashem is so happy. And you're getting closer to Hashem. You're getting closer to that knowledge. And you're succeeding in that way. And therefore, we have to be careful. That's what the Yisod is telling us, to keep the focus on the right place. 
But if we're going to learn Torah for other reasons, what if I'm learning Torah only because I make a lot of money because I'm a big speaker and I get paid thousands of dollars and it's a good profession. So you're not connecting to Hashem. Well, that, that's, that's not being faithful. That's not that you're not hitting the goal. I'm learning Torah so I can show I'm smarter than everybody else. That's not a good idea. I'm learning Torah so everyone will praise me. Oh no, where's Hashem? Where's Hashem in the story? That shows you're not being faithful to the Torah. And that's all part of bonding. You want to bond with Hashem in that area. Okay, I wanted to say that because I think it's a very important idea. Now we continue uh, where we left off. And for those following in the book, it's Reish Yud Tess in the middle. We know that which one of the shepherds, the seven shepherds, is associated with the Mita of Yesod? That is Yosef. Very good. See, Steve, you remember it. Very good. Now, remember, and now, another point. We know all many tzaddikim have, act, uh, 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 what, do we, what do you call it, um, names we associate with them. So for Avram, it's called Avram Avim. Moshe is called Moshe Rabbeinu. Eliyahu is called Eliyahu Hanavi. What is Yosef called? Yosef, huh? Tzaddik. 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 And what does the Torah say? Tzaddik Yesod Olam. The Tzaddik is the Yesod of the Olam. So Yosef is the one who teaches us all about Yesod. Okay, now it's no cool. Now let's let's go through Yosef's life. What's one of the first things we're told about Yosef? Is that he's a Naar. He's a lad. Right in the beginning. It says, Hunar with Esachiv. He was a lad with his brothers of, of the of the of the maidservants. He hung around them. But they call him a nar, a lad. Hunar Bilha. So what's the connection between Yesod and being youthful? Well, remember. We said the meat of Yesod is you're feeling bonded with the activity that you're involved with. And a very important idea is to feel bonded with something is you have to feel that that relationship is always fresh. If something is stale, let's say you love someone, you're with them, but the relationship's getting stale. So how what's happening to the bond? It's getting weaker. So how do you make the bond strong? You got to make it fresh. And what do we know about youth? Youth are fresh on many levels. <laughs> Anyways, a little child's excited to go out and play. They don't need toys. A real child, you know, the best thing you can do for children, don't buy them any toys. Or the simplest thing, buy them a ball. Really, in the olden days, we're no toys. They played with rocks. They played with sticks. And they were very happy. We messed it all up with the toys. Okay, I'm guilty just like everyone else. Because why? Because they have such an excitement about life. They have a schwa de vif. Everything is new. Everything's exciting. And they make a big deal over every little thing. An ant can be crawling around. My little granddaughter stays in the house. She's an ant crawling around. She's fascinated. She's looking at it. She's 
picking it up. This and that. She might want to try to eat it. Who knows? It's like it's it's all new. It's fresh and exciting. A nara is someone who's always excited about experiences. And when you're excited about something, you're into it. If you understand what I'm saying, you're getting into it. And that was Yosef. Because he could bond with the ones that people wouldn't want to bond with. The older brothers were not, the ones that came from Leah, were not that excited to be connected to the ones from the maids. They were kind of, what do you want to call them, second, second uh, string. And Yosef bonded with them, even though he was the favorite of Yaakov. So what does it matter with these other ones? He felt to connect to everybody. Why? Because he had that youthfulness. He says there's something interesting about every brother. So what? So their mothers aren't the main primary wives. So what? He's my brother. Let me let me find out about him. Let me connect with him. And that's what it says in Sefer Hosea. It says, Kinar Yisrael. The Jews are like children. Vahavaho. And I love them. And therefore I call them from me trying my children. Because Hashem loves us. Because Hashem's love for us is always youthful. Hashem loves us after... Uh, 4,000 years as much as he loved us in the beginning. It's always fresh. It's always, I see new things. Because when you're connected to somebody, you want to see always the good of that person. Oh, I appreciate even more now. Now that you've done this, that's amazing. It's a very hard thing in marriage to keep that freshness in the marriage. Same old, same old, same old. So a lot of people want to, you know, they think of different things to do. Well, try to break up the monotony. That might be one way. But the real way is to really look deeper of who this person is and to find new layers of something to be excited about when you're examining and being with that person. And that will bond you with that person, clearly. So therefore, we have to have hishachus, renewal. That's why we, many times where it says the words have to be fresh. Why? Because if it's not fresh, you won't bond. The bond, the glue will wear away, so to speak. The glue of a marriage is the freshness and excitement. Now, this also can explain the flip side. You know, when we say that a kid is fresh, it could be also fresh means chutzpahdik. Because he feels, you know, chutzpah is kind of say, well, I can go beyond, you know, and, you know, try, I'm feeling very chummy with you. So I feel so, sometimes you, your chutzpah, because I feel like we're the, the same. You gotta be careful not to be fresh. But uh, but that youthfulness is very important. Okay, so that's one aspect of Yosef. Another one, we know that the Navi says, Od Yosef Chai. That's what Yaakov said when he found out Yosef, Od Yosef Chai, Yosef's still alive. So you see Chai, life is connected with the Mida of Yosod. Meaning, even when you're dead, you're still alive. And why is that connected? Because since the whole aspect of Yisod is a connection to things, and it's a true connection, a true connection is always alive. And what's the truest connection? The truest connection is to Hashem. If Hashem is in everything that you're doing, and Hashem is infinite, and you're truly connected to Hashem, how can death separate you from Hashem? If you're bonded with Hashem, how could you not be alive? And remember, even in the physical realm, the phys- physiological realm, we said that Yesod is the reproductive organ. Okay? So now, 
How does that flow from that reproductive organ? Where does it start from? Again, the Balatanya tells us, and that science, I hope, has come to this point, it comes from the brain. That seminal drop that comes out of the reproductive organ, it all starts in the brain. That the brain starts thinking about reproducing, and that it goes through the entire body. It goes through all 18 vertebrae. 18 is the gematria of chai. In other words, all of your vitality, all your excitement, all that emotion is able to bring that through, so to speak. It goes to the deeper levels that are beyond us right now. But also we know how many how many brachas are there in the Shmon Esrei. 18, corresponding to 18 vertebrae. And what is the real deepest level of tefillah? Is a total connection with Hashem. And therefore, you're connecting every aspect of yourself to Hashem. Amazing. Now, let's take this to another level. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just thinking about it right now. Just think about it right now. What else is said by Yosef that's not said by any of the other patriarchs? Well, in Parsha's Mikates, Mm. No. Oh, yes. Perfect. Uh, when Yosef sees the brothers for the first time in Egypt, okay, it says they came. He recognized them. They did not recognize him. Now we have a verb that's associated with Yosef that is not mentioned by anyone yet. And it's the word Yosef remembered the dreams that he dreamt concerning them. Why does it say Vayiskor? This is the first time the Torah is writing the word of memory. Now, why is the Torah so clearly we are associating Yisod with memory? Because if Yosef is the one of your soul. Now, by the way, let's just go back. I skipped an important thing that I shouldn't, I'm afraid I'm going to forget. What was what was Yosef's greatest moment in his life? Greatest moment in his life. Most heroic moment in his life was what? He resisted the overtures of the, the wife of Potiphar. And what were the overtures in what area of the body? Reproductive. And she had all kinds of things. She says, listen, I see in the stars we're going to destined to have children from us. She was almost right. It was her adopted daughter that Yosef would marry. And, and, and he could have bonded, but that's an Averuch. It's the worst of Even though he had lots of rationalizations and excuses, there's no one else to bond with. He's all alone. He ain't ever getting out. But he resisted bonding in a place where he doesn't belong to bond. And because he resisted that, then Hashem gave him a place where he could bond. Then he gets the stepdaughter to bond with. So that shows how he really excelled in Yisod. But now we take it a step further and we see that Yisod is connected to memory. There's a Pasuk that talks about that Hashem remembers us. How about on, on Rosh Hashanah? One of the main, three main parts of the Musaf is called Zichronos. Hashem remembers. 
We say, There's no forgetfulness before your throne. So the obvious question is, how in the world could Hashem ever forget? So the answer is, where does memory come from? How is it that you're able to remember something? The Chavetz Chaim talks about, he remembers a story. Uh, it was an elderly Jew who, when he was a little child, the, uh, the Tsar, I think it was the Tsar or the Kaiser, I can't remember, came to visit their town. And this elderly Jew now is like in his 80s, 90s. And he could tell over the story that happened when he was a little child, every detail, the color of the buttons and this and that, couldn't forget the detail. And if you ask him, where did you, what'd you have for breakfast? He can't remember. Where's your son? I don't know. He says, what's going on? He says, you know, memory depends very much on how much you're connected to the moment in time that you're living. If this was a moment in time that you were really looking forward and you were fully connected and involved in the moment, then there's no way that can ever leave you. But if you're if you're kind of uh, passively there and you got a lot of things on your mind and you're looking at your your cell phone while the marriage wedding's going on and things like that, or you got a lot of things in your mind, if you're not focused, you're going to forget a lot of the details. And therefore, this child, when he was a young child, seeing the, the Kaiser, whew, he was excited. Could never forget it because he was so bound up to the moment in time. His, his children that are 60 years old, lunch, what does he care? He's an old man, he doesn't care what he eats anymore. But you'll find out, think of the things that you really remember vividly in your life you will probably understand that you were totally into that moment. You were excited about that moment. It came with a freshness in your life. So it's interesting. There's certain people like have difficulties in their lives. So sometimes one of the ways to deal with it is just to forget about it and just dull yourself to that whole reality. So that's, that's a critical point. And he brings other stories about that as well. There was once a, uh, the Chassam Sovers, he was much older and he had a he had a friend who learned a yeshiva with him. And the Chassam Sover, we know, was the greatest genius in Preshburg in, in, in Hungary. And his friend grew up to be a whatever, businessman, whatever. He's, so he asked him, how is it that you remember all your Torah and I can't remember anything related to yeshiva? So he said, he said, you remember there was an incident of, with a get? I don't know, it doesn't give a lot of details in the story. But it was a lot of, a big public thing in the city. So it's oh man, I can't forget that, man. I know every single detail of that story. And the chassam said, you know, I don't remember every detail. I remember it was. But you know what? He says, I, I looked at my Torah as you were looking at the story of the divorce. Because I always looked at the Torah as something I gotta know. I was totally connected to it. They say when the Lubavitcher Rebbe would give his sichos on Shabbos, and they could go for three, four hours, they've all been transcribed. 
How could they have been there? Who has a memory to remember something for four hours? So Tudor says we're like about three or four people that are delegated to be the uh, memorizers. And as soon as Shabbos was over, they'd get together for hours and put all the pieces together. So they asked one of these people, how can you remember it? She's like this. He said, because to us, the Rebbe's words is like, if Chas Vashon would forget anything, the Holy Torah would be lost. It was so special us, we could not forget it. So that's an important idea. So you want to remember your Torah? It only has one thing to do is how connected are you when you're learning? When you're learning, you're coming in tired and just say, okay, just tell me what you're telling me. Or are you like on the edge of your seat? You know, there's certain things you'll never forget. You know, the first time, I guess if you're a big sports fan, the first time you saw a field goal in overtime that won the game is probably you'll never forget it. The first time. It's happened so many times after it, you forget. But certain things you're just not going to forget because you were all into it. So Halavai, if we'd be into the, the Torah. So in other words, if the more you're connected to the experience, the more you're going to remember. So now it's the same thing with Hashem. Hashem remembers us. What does it mean Hashem remembers us? He says it's, it's like he's so connected with us. It's because he feels that connection. He lives with us. As if he remembers everything. Now, of course, Hashem doesn't forget anything. But a lot of the ones, he doesn't care about the, the rest of the people in the world. Ah, give it to management to take care of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, but, but there's no freshness in that. And that's the idea. So that's so important. Now, Yosef, what does he remember? He's your soul. Yosef is bound to everybody, everything. Hashem and the world at the same time. Everything is Hashem and the world. And therefore, when he has a dream, he was pretty excited about that dream. And even though it got him into trouble, but he was totally into that dream because he felt that was his destiny. Therefore, he could never forget that dream. And therefore, he's the first one who remembers. Okay. While by Yaakov, it's interesting, the commentaries say that Yaakov forgot some jugs and came back for them. Well, because jugs, I guess, aren't that important. That's how he could forget them. But then he remembered to go back for them. So you see that Yosef and memory is such an important thing. So if we are asking ourselves, how come I have trouble remembering what I learned? The answer is, where is your Yosod going? Is your Yosod connecting to Torah? Or maybe your soul is into Narishkeit. Narishkeit, I remember. But if you fill your head with Narishkeit, so how much room is there for the things that are important, such as Torah? And therefore, that becomes a major challenge. And that's where Yosef, we see now, is the Nar. He's the youthful one. Yosef's the one who's time alive. He connects everybody. And as a matter of fact, even to the butcher and the baker, he connects to them. He says, why I see that you're not happy. He connects with everybody when the mitzvah requires. And that's how he's able to be loyal. But it doesn't connect to things he shouldn't connect to. To the way of Otivar, nothing doing. It doesn't connect to Help other people, that's what he connects to. And that's why he's vibrant and alive and he's fresh every moment of his life. Okay, we'll stop it over there.